You're listening to the Misfit Island Podcast. I'm Felicia Bauckham. And I'm Ajita Chapoteau. We are two misfits who are exploring the intersection of social political issues, current events, and the personal development industrial complex. Join us on this journey of exploration, whether or not you're a misfit. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. Hello. Hey, hi, Felicia. How are you doing? Well, how I'm doing is pretty much, pretty much, you know, there's good moments and anxiety laden moments. But at the moment, I've got um, my window open. It's sunny. I'm looking out the window and there's a cat sleeping near me. And on my screen, I also have a beach scene, a nice calm beach scene with white sands and blue water since I can't be at the beach at this very moment. So that's helping. How are you? I am I am okay. I'm okay. I'm sort of like saying the same thing. I think I'll, um, there is doing good. There's some anxiety as well. Um, I don't know, 2020, today's actually a rainy day here. It's actually, actually, as you were saying, looking out my window, I'm actually looking out my window it's been raining we're actually going to be getting rain um this is actually we're recording on a friday so um we're <laughs> expecting rain this whole week this whole weekend so it looks like that's going to be pretty much our weekend but you know um 20 i don't know i feel like i was sharing with felicia before i feel like this year um has like i have my good moments i have my low moments as well um just of some things, trying to figure some things out. Um, and if we obviously, I think, you know, aside from personal stuff, picking up and um, the energy of the collective, because there's definitely a whole lot going on. And I have to say too, that we see, at least, you know, I think we see a lot more on the horizon that are going to be coming up. So, um, you know, we're just taking, you know, I'm taking it one day out at the time and also not allow, trying to not allow what is happening that I have no control over to overwhelm me too much, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, right. Not to overwhelm too much. Um, in fact, recently I did go to a beach and that was helpful being around some friends, just a few, and we were all responsible the entire time um, as far as COVID is concerned. And um, so that was a nice break from, it was a change of scenery. So that was helpful as far as not getting overwhelmed. It's so I do find that it's so easy where, where before I had other things to look forward to or to indulge in or get distracted by or you know, uh, just you know, normal everyday stuff going to a restaurant and going to social events and not that I'm highly social but it's you know those things kind of do help with mm-hmm. dealing with anxiety and and you know, dealing with life stuff that gets thrown at us the, the small stuff the big stuff the stuff that's out of our control but when those options are limited, I have found that I do have a bit of a struggle. 
not to the point to where I'm going to start marching in the streets or writing to our governor and saying that we need to open all the things so I can do all the things because I don't think that's the right approach either. So yeah, I do have some things in place, tools in place to help me stay um, grounded and yeah. not get sucked in by the overwhelm. And, you know, I certainly have my, I, I find things that make me laugh and I get to see the occasional puppy and I've got my cats. And so it, I got my husband when he's not on a call about some technical issue that he's struggling <laughs> with. Um, so anyway, but yeah, that's, we could probably spend an hour talking about that, but that's not really why we're here today. Definitely. Everyone. Definitely. No, definitely. It just before we get into today's topic, I wanted to say how, you know, you know, I love the beach. So when you were mentioning that's I know that's great. And I've been saying, cause I, I don't live that close to the beach, unfortunately, although um, at least I do have the option to go. Uh, unlike when I lived in DC or if I were to move anywhere, that's not where there isn't a beach nearby. And when I say nearby for me, um, the closest beach would be about, um, about 40 for about well I should about say let's say about 30 minutes with no traffic no rush hour you know 30 35 minutes or so and I've been saying I do need to go um especially although for me I don't care it's not, I mean not that I say I don't care it's not about that I always have to get in the water but once we I don't like cold water I know people tend to laugh because I have had people friends from uh, New York who would visit in January and they they get in the water that's not me. I still go, but I won't get in the water. Once we start getting some cold fronts, once we're no longer in the mid seventies or so in the evenings, I'm not getting in that water, <laughs> but I've been saying, I want to go before it gets, um, before we reach that point. So I could still, you know, get in the water. And then after that I could go. So I, I know that's something that is very important for me and it really helps with, um, with, the overwhelm with anxiety or anything. So, okay. So today we're going to talk, and actually we're actually recording this the Friday after the famous, should I call it debate? Um, <laughs> it was technically, I think the title, it was in the title that it was a debate. I think it was expected to be a debate, but it was not really that. It sounded like Maybe, you know, audio you might hear if you looked at someone's Twitter or Facebook feed. <laughs> um, but yeah, debate is, that's a, not really the right word for what happened. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I've actually, for, um, I think we just, I think we talked about that be even before, if I'm not mistaken, we talked about that we wanted to talk about voter um, apathy and voter shaming. So since we are white, we're getting pretty close in about a month is going to be election day. But actually, some states have already started voting. I know Virginia started voting. I don't know where else. I know some states will start voting as early as next week. Um, I'm in Florida. We're going to start early voting starts October 19th. I'm actually in Miami, Florida. Um, we're starting October 19th. And as we know, the date that we're all um, some of us might be looking forward to, some of us might be dreading <laughs> November 3rd. 
So we thought we wanted to talk about voter apathy and voter shaming because we know that there's quite a lot of that. Um, not, it's not the first time, but um, we're definitely seeing it even more this time, especially when it comes to voter um, shaming. I think voter apathy is nothing new. Voter shaming um, is nothing new as well, but I think obviously with the, in the, with the climate that we're in, um, we're definitely seeing it more and more and more um, over the past few years and definitely this year. Mm -hmm. You know? Yep. Yep. There's, there's definitely that has been happening and, and, um, and I'll let you say more about that because I just had my brain just got lost because I just saw a puppy. Okay, oh, okay. continue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So talking about voter apathy, I'm actually going to, um, you know, I, and I have to say, I'm going to say that, you know, as you know, I think I may have shared that before in, in here. I'm very much somebody who, um, you know, I do my best to be authentic, to speak my truth, and to also, you know, to be vulnerable and share. I have, um, I used to think what is, I've done voter shaming myself, um, where, especially when I was very much engaged in, um, you know, political campaigns where I'm like volunteering, I'm being a team leader and all of that, um, in getting out the vote. I know I've done it. Uh, I didn't realize I was doing it. Actually, I didn't even know there was a term for it, the voter shaming. Um, and I used to think that, you know, what is wrong with these people who don't want to vote? So I was thinking, like, what's wrong with them? And, but, but one thing I will say, especially since Felicia and I, we really talk about, I bring in a different perspective. Mm -hmm. I have to say over the past few years, Stepping back, not being, I used to be very much a hardcore Democrat. Very, or I, I mean, right now, the reason why I am, I am a registered Democrat, Democratic voter is because of the state where I live. I live in a swing state and, um, you know, sometimes I'm like, is it that I don't have the courage to vote third party or something? But, you know, I'm not very much happy with the democratic establishment, but I still, um, I'm, for most of the part, I do vote Democrat. Um, and yes, I will be supporting uh, Vice President Biden in this election. But basically, I've noticed that not being sucked into the way I used to be sucked into it, like not being engaged, like taking a step back. When I say engaged, I, you know, I'm still engaged, but I'm not engaged as like, you know, Democrat this, Democrat that, like we're the best or whatever. Um, I have been able to see, it's like, I guess in a way for me, I hope nobody takes this personally, especially any of, any of my Democrat friends, uh, sort of like, I'm not saying that your eyes are closed and minds are open, but in a way I do feel like I, my eyes have like some things that I couldn't see that I did not notice and I didn't know, now I see it. Um, I can totally understand 
I don't have all the reasons as to why people don't vote, but I can see and I've chosen that I'm making a conscious effort and I do believe in getting out the vote, especially in this election. Um, and, it, you know, and I want people to vote for other things aside from the president. But if I'm speaking about this presidential race specifically, we do need to get out the vote and vote for uh, Joe Biden so we can um, vote um, Donald Trump out. Now, the thing is, is that I, you know, I don't think that voter, voter shaming works. It doesn't work. And I do understand why people don't vote. And one of the things that I actually feel is that I think if a lot of people who are engaged in political campaigns, if they were to, if some of them may not be interested, but some of them, maybe they just don't think about it. I think if they were to take that step back and um, really look at things, being open to listen and understand non-voters, registered voters, but who are non, who don't vote, um, I think that we would not, um, there, you know, we need more compassion and we need to also get that the voter shaming doesn't work. So that's what I'll say for now. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, I don't agree with shaming people, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when it comes to voting, I think the trouble I have is that there are actually some things in place like voter suppression tactics mm -hmm that contribute to people choosing not to vote. Um, things like what they see on TV with long lines, people standing in lines for hours because the polling places aren't staffed or you know, some other reason that's beyond the control of the people who are standing in these lines. They don't have enough um, early voting places that, or the places, the polling places are open for a certain period of time where people who have jobs and or kids have a hard time getting to. And so the, the, the what might look like apathy might, in some cases, not all, mm -hmm. might be because of some practical concerns some practical issues with getting to the polling place, with what happens when getting to the polling place. And what's interesting too is that just yesterday, the state of Texas, where my dad, my late father was from, and where my mom and sister and nephews live, the governor decided to limit ballot drop-off hmm. points. Of course, you know, this year, um, absentee ballots are a big thing because of COVID. Um, in huge part because of that. And he is, and incidentally, he's a Republican governor. This may or may not be the issue, but, or I can call it what it is and say that is the issue, but he is limiting the ballot drop-off points to just one per county. And some counties can be pretty large. Could be a transportation issue for some people. It could be, you know, logistical issue. Um, there could be confusion. I thought it was this polling place. No, it's that other one. That's 50 miles away. I, I it's this, this is seen as a voter suppression tactic, whether or not it truly is, is, you know, some people are going to probably argue and say that it's not, but it's things like that, that may contribute to people choosing not to be engaged in the voting process. It is like, well, you want me to vote, but you are making it so difficult for me to do it. 
Um, but that's one piece of it. But there's also the ideological piece, which we saw in 2016, where so many people were, for example, supporters of Bernie. He didn't get the nomination. They weren't voting for Hillary either. They either didn't vote or they voted for a third party candidate. And then we ended up with the what we've got now. So that's, that has definitely been a concern this year is that Bernie once again didn't make it through the primaries and then we ended up with a candidate that I am gonna vote for, or I am voting for, I have my absentee ballot right here in my hands. Wow, okay, not in my hands, it. it's like, yeah, it's like, well, I didn't get two my feet hands. away from me. Okay. Yeah, I, and I was worried about it too, because I actually, side story here we get this email from usps that lets us know when our mail is coming and oh because we're nerds and we just <laughs> gotta know what what's going to show up in our mailbox before we actually have to walk 200 feet to our mailbox um so the ballot was supposed to get here i think on a saturday and it didn't actually arrive till thursday mm. and of course obviously sunday mail is usually not delivered so in between that time i thought okay where is it? But it did eventually show up. I don't know what happened. Um, maybe it just took a bit of extra time. They do have some sort of caveat saying, yeah, the, the image appears here, but your mail may not actually show up till another day or so. And so, but it did show up. And so I am voting and my plan is to go to a drop-off center. I'm in North Carolina, to my knowledge. I could go to any early voting place. I just can't go to a polling place on November 3rd. I'd have to do it before then. So um, there's that. But, um, but yeah, Biden's not, wasn't my first choice. But in terms of this race, <laughs> Trump is not my first choice. So, um, so here we are. Um, but I can see where some of that the holdover from 2016 and, and going into this year, Biden got the Democratic nomination and Bernie did not, and some people might still try to stick it to the man by not voting, but realizing after, I guess, the morning of November 4th that, wait, no, they didn't exactly do that. They screwed us all over again by not voting for at least Biden. Um, again, that, I guess that depends on one's point of view as to who's the better candidate, but in terms of Trump versus Biden, Biden versus Trump, that scenario. But it's... Um, I guess my thing is, you know, someone had somewhere, someone somewhere I heard recently, and I honestly don't remember where. I listen to a lot of other podcasts, so I might be confused as to who said this, but somebody said with the primaries, you vote for your ideal. But when it comes to the general, you vote for you know, the, the better of the, well, it is primarily a two-party system, but on my mail-in ballot, there, there are at least five options for president. But, um, but yeah, I'm voting, sticking with the, the Democrat that's in place, right? Or that's running right now. I personally don't identify with the Democratic Party. I'm more of an independent. Um, so there's also that piece. But, uh, but yeah, I don't think it's... Ultimately, as far as shaming goes, though, I, I think it's better to understand the reasons why someone chooses not to be engaged in the process. It could be, again, the practical reasons I mentioned earlier. It could mm -hmm. be the ideological ones. And we can work through the, ideolog the ideological ones. The practical ones are going to take a bit more of an effort, 
as far as you know, working with whoever's in charge, um, as far as like supporting people who are standing in the long lines or extending the hours for voting or making more polling places available or you know, the, uh, more early election options available, um, things like that. I mean, this is top of my head. There's probably more options. Um, from the ideological piece and you know, talking more about, you know, walking things through, yes, this is not the ideal candidate. Things may still not change even after it, he's elected if he is, but it's, he'll, <laughs> let's look at where we are now and <laughs> let's look at where we could be potentially, maybe, possibly. No, he's not a fan of Medicare for all. No, he's not a fan of the Green New Deal. I do have some issues with that. Um, but yeah, you know, maybe there's, you know, there's more of a chance perhaps of things changing with Biden than there are with the current administration. Um, and I do, you know, we don't know what he'll do with COVID either, but, um, and unemployment and, you know, helping the actual American people. My issue with the voting or the election this year is the fact that we've got so many fires, literal and otherwise going on. And then people are worried about the election, the election, the election. Yes, that's important. However, can you also still do your job in the meantime? Yeah. And if we wonder why people are not inclined to vote, it's because it seems like these people are not doing their job. What changes? For you, know, Some people are probably gonna really have the question whether it's Republican or Democrat or Libertarian or the con Constitutional Party, what changes for them? They still have to work three jobs. They still have to, you know, they're barely putting food on their table. What's changing? So yeah, that, that's exactly. also another issue to talk through with people and not to gaslight them or convince them that they're, they're wrong for not engaging, but to have a better understanding as to why people are not involved in the process. And you know, we certainly need, and I don't have any firm answers for myself, uh, involvement beyond voting, but that's one right that we do have, most of us have, unless we're felons or whatever the rules are about that, but we, we can do that. But how do we get people to the polling places and, how do we better understand people who are not voting instead of shaming them? And so I will end with that for now. No, de definitely. I, and you said something that is so important when you were saying, when you talked about the current, there are things happening right now and they're not, not being addressed and how people might feel like, well, I still have to work three jobs. Like how, how is my life going to be different if I get up and vote? And it, it, you know, for, you know, two years ago, it, well, it was a midterm, was it a midterm? Yeah, it was a midterm election. And I had, I was canvassing in an area in Little Haiti, in Miami, for those of you who may not be familiar with Little Haiti, that's in, that's an area in Miami, Florida. I was canvassing for then Governor um, Andrew Gillum, well, Governor, I guess he was going for governor, governor candidate, Andrew Gillum. And I have to say, I canvassed in that, that area and there, some of the areas that we, some of the places that we went to, because I was with a friend of mine. That's one of the things that opened my eyes. And I said, okay, the situation, the dire, the way that I see these people are living, I could understand why they don't, 
they you know for them they don't they they don't bother to go vote and when you are not addressing their everyday issues when you're not speaking about how things are going to be better for them when and and then you want to shame them because for me that's one of the things i mean i'm sorry to say that but i feel like people are more committed to voting i mean to shaming than to really actually getting to know what's the reason and talking to people and understanding them right okay uh, cuz mm-hmm. also that takes time it does but, but we're not willing to do it and then some people will tell i know some people might be thinking oh well you know what you you know i've had people say oh you know what this is not the right time to talk about this because we need to focus well you know what this is you know we've had 4 years we've had 2 years to like do the work but we're not interested in really doing the work we just want people to show up and vote and shut up <laughs> yeah <laughs> any of us you know i'm being i mean seriously you know i've had people say that they don't understand why people are so angry um so so the, i think that that's a major issue and like you were saying and unfortunately, and that's one of my issues sometimes with the Democrats is that sometimes um, I feel like they're not showing up for people, even when it comes to voter suppression. I often say that there's two, I mean, sometimes I've said that Republicans don't want you to vote and Democrats want you to vote as long as you're voting for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so... So the thing is, is that, you know, and it's kind of like what you were saying. I wanted to go back to that. Like the other day I was listening to Brene Brown and she said it. And it's so true. Like shame is the tool of the oppressor. Shame doesn't work for anything. Like shame doesn't work for anything. And for me, I often say that, you know, when I hear people shaming and, you know, I, I, we see it all the time, especially on social media, you know, people shaming um, Trump supporters and everything. Um, you know, it's like, okay, do you think that you're going to change their mind? You know, um, you're not going to change their mind, especially on social media. And also, you're not going to change my mind if you're shaming me. Because that, you're not even, to me, you know, shame. That's why people tend to, it, you know, we're coming from hurt and pain and anger. And we use shame. Because, you know, and not to say that these emotions are not normal. They are. But it's just that when we're shaming we're not interested in a real solution right we just want to lash out you know so that's yeah go ahead Mm -hmm. yeah it's when a lash out um when shaming it's there's the lashing out there's the trying to convince there's the i'm right you're wrong there's the divide we've talked about division and that's there's that divide of this camp is right this camp is wrong and you know i've certainly fallen into that headspace a number of times throughout my life about a number of different things and yeah that's that doesn't really get I mean I know I don't like to be shamed into thinking I I need to act a certain way or do a certain thing I can't think of any specific examples right now but it doesn't Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel good I mean if I'm going to if I'm going to take action on something I, I ideally want it to come from a a truly authentic place and I know authentic is a word that gets tossed around a lot especially Mm -hmm. in the personal development space 
but I want it to come from a truly authentic place, not because somebody out there is saying, you need to do this or else you don't care about democracy or you don't care about, you know, people or, or, or something. It, mm-hmm. it, that it says something bad about me if I don't do this action when it may not necessarily mean that. It could be a number of reasons why I'm choosing not to take an action. It's much more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, shaming is not a good motivator, but for some reason, world over and for millennia, that's the tool we use to get people to do things. It's, it's, it's probably not going to go away anytime soon, but I, I really think there's a better approach than an approach. Like you said, it takes time. If, if, Mm -hmm. if the goal is expediency, then yeah, taking time to understand why a person chooses to do a thing or not is not part of that plan. The if the goal is to just make the person go to, you know, to the ballot box, then understanding why they haven't been or don't want to in the first place is not, doesn't make sense. But I think that's, that's a huge first step. And maybe nothing changes for that person this year. Maybe they still choose not to vote. And well, like, sadly, that is their right. That might hurt you know, depending on whose side you're on, it might hurt your chances of your person to win, but um, they have a right not to vote too. Definitely. I'm not saying that to encourage people not no. to do it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, definitely vote if you can, please. And, and for sure, if you're a person of color or if you are a person of a gender that's non-conforming or a number of things, you know, young person, old person, um, disabled person, um, please vote. We need more of that, those demographics, women voting. I'm not saying don't vote, but <laughs> you do have a right not to, but please do. Yeah, I hear you. Actually, I'm, I'm right there with you, right there with you with that. And, you know, one of the things I wanted to say that it actually, it's something that I noticed during the debate. And I said I was going to talk about this when we talk today, although it's not exactly in the topic, but I think in a way it is very much, I mean, it is linked to it. Well, it's part of it is, you know, as well, Felicia and I have said it, we're progressive. We were Bernie supporters. So everybody will know where I'm coming from for saying that, you know, well, not just the the race, but, but basically I have to say, and again, I am voting for Joe Biden and I would tell, I would recommend anybody um, who wants to see, uh, who wants to save our democracy, anybody who wants to see things move. Even if, like I said, you, I, I'm, my plan is, my thing is vote for Biden. And if he wins from day one, start pushing him to, be to you know to sort of like adopt some of these progressive plans some of these progressive things that we want um so because i don't believe that things will change truly with biden if biden isn't pushed i don't believe it obviously when i say change basically we will go back to before trump and i think um i don't want that i want a whole lot more than that I think we deserve much more than that because that's what gave us Trump in the first place too. And again, I'm not saying that Obama specifically gave us Trump, but I'm just saying over the years, um, you know, that's how we ended up with someone like Trump. But what I wanted to say is that 
it did i did notice it in the and having you know listening to some commentaries of progressives it made me huh yes i noticed that too and this is not the first time is how uh joe biden is very adamant to um like he's very you know he's very much wanting to prove that he's not he doesn't agree with what some call the radical or far left side of the party and to me i find it like you know it's sort of like well you know what they just have to vote for us and they better vote for us but we don't have to give them anything and sometimes we could actually even disrespect them or mm. we don't stand up for them when they're being attacked or something and i think that's a problem yeah i agree i think that is a problem um and it, the approach that they've taken this is why for me in a way i thought the convention was i mean everybody was making a big deal out of the convention i didn't think it was such a big deal because from the convention what they're showing you is that they you know the democrats are showing that they're going after um the moderate vote they're going for they want the votes of the republicans who are not going to vote for trump because they're not happy with him um you know and mm-hmm. in a way it's like our side of the party we're being thrown under the bus and yeah. like i noticed it you know when he was like i don't want you know i don't support the green new deal like he was just like he has to make it a point when when they were talking about a little bit of a law in order you could tell that he was sort of like it's like there's this whole thing that when they talk about um people of color when they talk about uh black black people there's almost like they law and order is being is is spoken and there's the oh yeah and we don't you know i don't support i'm not saying for him to say that he you know none of us support violence but there's just this um there's just a way that he addresses these things that in a way he's more concerned i think it was um okay dr king said it best and that's what he i feel like joe biden in a way he shows that he's more concerned with order than justice mm mm and one thing again that did not sit well with me was and i was like hmm and i i was like it was one of those things what i was like cuz you know but you know everybody it was so much noise from facebook and twitter doing the debate but i want to credit Desiree Adaway who went live um i don't know if it was yesterday or the day before but either way i saw her live and she said something how when donald trump refused to denounce white supremacy and when he made the comment to you know about stand back um stand by and stand back something like that whatever way he may have not said it in that order is how both joe biden and the moderator to white ma'am did not say anything right so you know again like i said we need to vote for him but this is just to show you how you know 
if we're looking at these type of things, you know, I could understand if a voter and, and it could be a black voter, a person of color, somebody who cares about cli the climate and they see things like that. Um, yes, I could choose to still, you know, overlook because I'm like, no, I need to, we need to get Trump out. But these people might be resistant or they might be like, you see, look, 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 look. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, yeah. there's no, really, there's no, there, there's no pitch for us. We're not would, being, we're not, they're not pitching to us at all. Yeah, that would be another reason for the apathy is the yes. population. You're not really, <laughs> the word I'm thinking of is catering to to us i mean it, it mm -hmm. you, on two fronts yeah, yeah catering, two that's a better word yes <laughs> the two things you mentioned like you know the whole law and order madness which is just code for at least to me it's keep the black people down and mm -hmm. also any other people of color and indigenous indigenous populations and then there the silence when the comment was made about standing by and or standing back and standing by and yeah that can be read by someone who's thinking none of these people care about me or my life or my family's life why am i <laughs> going to vote for any of these hucksters it's and that's also that could also contribute to a sense of apathy it's just you're not really thinking about me and my needs i need to survive i'm here and you're basically saying that you know protesting in the street because of the murdering of black people is a cause for quote unquote law and order mm -hmm. so that the white people feel safe um and that some of these more extreme white people have permission to gun me down for no apparent reason because I might be carrying a soup can or something. Um, yeah, that, that can, I would say that might contribute to voter apathy. Not for me, as I tend yeah. to think in more, uh, well, I, I, don't, uh, I feel like I'm going to be stepping in it, in it here. I'll just say this, you know, Milton and I talk a lot about these issues. Um, and his comment about all that is that he's like, he doesn't understand why people would think that Trump saying, stand back, stand by, or stand by, stand back, whatever he said, should be construed as um, endorsement of white supremacy. But we have tons of people all over social media, all over articles and websites, international and local I mean, and, and national saying, um, actually, yeah, he kind of did that. And then also this same organization seeing this as an endorsement and they probably had a party afterwards. It's, I don't know. I would not know. So I don't have anyone like that in my circle. Um, yeah, you know, it's it. I wish we collectively did not think that, but I think the bigger. I mean, because I'm some ways I see where Milton is, what he's saying, where he's going with that, and at the same time, I guess on this, and in saying that, someone might someone might think, well, you know, that sounds like 
<laughs> blaming the victim for thinking this way. And I'm not a fan of blaming the victim. So the bottom line is he should not have said that. And since he did, he should have corrected on the spot instead of waiting a few days later on a Fox News interview. But, um, but yeah, that was a statement that certainly points to a lot of things <laughs> that are wrong about this administration, very wrong, especially in these times, but you know, I mean, always have been wrong, but and with any administration that had any leanings in that direction regarding law and order, regarding racism, how, treatment of black people, um, treatment of people of color, that's, at this day and age, for sure, we are well past the point of not being like that. And if you do say something like that, to correct yourself. Will that solve anything? People might still be inclined to say, nope, not for me. And, and yeah, for sure. I totally get that. Um, I, yeah, I, I get that. The only thing is that for me, I think Trump, wanted to say what he said really <laughs> yeah i think i think he wanted to say what he said i i don't think he um to me he has no filter um and that is true that's what he wanted to say and you know if he i don't know what because i didn't even know you said that he took he he took it back or he said he didn't say it he um I read that he there was a phone interview with a certain person on Fox News, someone else I'm not particularly fond of. His initials are SH. And he did make <laughs> some comment that that uh, these these characters that he was referring to, he does not endorse them. And he's not even sure who they are. Of course, he did say that also, like the day after the debate, and people took him to task about that. Which, well, yeah, I mean, if you spent less time watching Fox News and more time, you know, looking at what's happening in the world, you would know who they were. But, mm. um, okay. but you know, regardless, even if he Although did... Although he always liked. <laughs> yeah, there's also, also that. But, you know, regardless of what he says, I am not a fan. And um, um, I'm certainly, he certainly does not have my vote. Even if he didn't say that, he wouldn't have had my vote. It, just but certainly that's more proof that he doesn't have my vote definitely definitely so yeah so the, the so really um you know just to say how you know i could totally understand and this is why for me that that's me talking about voter shaming um there are people who are still voter shaming people shaming them for the way they voted in 2016 because oh, yeah. as we know, either some people, well, we know some people didn't vote. Um, and actually, I was looking at somebody shared this graph where they were showing the, the percentage. And this is why I was saying that in a way, um, you know, really people voted, um, you know, people, the, the, most people, most, a lot of voters didn't vote. Um, and, but I'm talking about people who voted a certain way, like they voted third party. Mm -hmm. And for me, um, that's my stand. Like I say, people, I, I highly recommend that 
people go out and vote for Biden. And I will not shame or I will not say that I'm not going to talk to anybody, um, the per a person of color is black people who chooses to sit it out or vote third party. Because I'm, that's not my... I, that's not my thing. I don't believe that's how things change. Um, I don't think shaming is a good tool. And also, I know there are people, and again, I'm not saying that voting is not important. Voting is important. But some people make it as if voting is the only thing that matters. And voting makes them better than anybody else. And the thing is, is that I know people who are activists. Their activism is nowhere near what some and some people like they really are out there on the front line and they're the ones like you know they're really doing great work work that i wouldn't like i'm like oh my god i'd be too scared or something to do and they don't believe in the system and who am i and then they're you know to to blame to like shame them because what they do is not something that I'm doing. And, you know, one of the things I've, I've come to, I've actually really experienced, it, one of the things I'm, I'm witnessing is that people who don't do any type of activism, people who don't, they won't even volunteer for Biden. They will give Biden their vote and they're really basically um, screaming on social media, shaming other people. That's all they do. And who are they to, I'm thinking, who are they to shame the activists who are doing the, you know, who are actually on the front lines, who are doing work that they would never even come close to doing for not agreeing, you know, for choosing. And some of them are not even loud or anything. They're just, they just tell you plainly that they're not voting for Biden. They're not going to vote. Right. You know, and. I, I'm, you know, so this is my thing. Like, you know, I'm not going to, um, cause I see people like, like I'll see things like, I mean, obviously not to say that the real word is, is Twitter, but I've seen, Oh, is that the Jill Stein voter that's talking? Like, it's almost as if like, as if the person who doesn't vote, the person who voted for Jill, who votes third party doesn't have a, doesn't have the right to have a say. Right. Yeah. I've seen some uh, dialogue around that. Yeah, well, we can call it a dialogue, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen, I've witnessed that. Because then, you know, the way I see it too is that it creates a, a division and it's, it's, it's a very hostile environment. Like really, like, you know, we're all doing what we think is best, you know? I would hope, I know some people think the best thing for them is to vote Trump. Hey, and, and that's another thing. I'm not going to shame anybody for voting him either. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, well, I don't agree with, you know, I wish you had not, but I'm not going to like, you know, because, you know, because that's another thing. Another thing I think about too is that especially now with this election, like where we are right now, like we're basically one month away from the actual election day. Because if you don't vote by November 3rd, you're not going to vote anymore. Like, you can't vote anymore, okay? Right. So for me, I feel like the energy should be put more into getting 
the voters, the people that, you know, maybe the people that you, maybe you need to listen to and get them to vote or the people that are like feeling a certain way instead of like the ones who are telling you that, you know, they're not going to uh, vote plainly and they just don't believe in the system and that's it, that's it. Or the people who are telling you that they're going to vote for Trump. I mean, I'm talking about if you're a Biden supporter or you, you know, or you're like engaged in the campaign, like that's where the energy would make more sense. It would be more productive to put it there instead of the shaming. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, and I also, while I'm not a fan of Trump, I may have mentioned that. It's, I think, um, There, there's certainly, I think people have felt reasons for voting for him in 2016. And they may choose to do so in 2020. I, there's a message board that I look at that where there's a number of people who said that they've got neighbors or relatives or whoever who voted for Trump in 2016, but are saying uh, after the debate, I, the debate, quote unquote debate, I'm not going to in 2020. But, you know, we'll see what happens in a month because that's what they're saying now. Um, but, um, and they, they have their reasons. They had their reasons to vote then. They have their reasons to those who still plan to or change their minds, even though they say they're not going to, they have, they will have their reasons that I may not agree with. Now, does that mean I don't like them or I think they're horrible people? Not necessarily. I just, it, it's just a mindset I probably will not understand any more than they would probably understand mine. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's where too, I, that keeps me, that stops me from shaming. I have friends who, and family, well, yeah, family who vote, voted for Trump and plan to in 2020. So it, I, do I extricate them from my life? Do I spend every day, minute of my day, you know, telling them how stupid they are, <laughs> which they are not? They, to be clear, no one in my life is stupid. They're all very highly intelligent, hardworking people. And um, that that's not how I want to spend my time and energy, hating on them or blaming them or like, you know, we'll get in debates, which would look more like an actual debate. We'll get in our <laughs> discussions and we'll, and, you know, we'll walk away agreeing to disagree sometimes. And a lot of that happened at the beach with my friends. Some are on the Trump side and some are not. Um, some are on the, well, I'll say Democratic side, not necessarily Biden per se, but, um, but yeah, it's, we, we certainly had our discussions, but, you know, the house is still standing and everybody got home safely. And, you know, so we're all still friends. Um, and there is room for that is I think the thing I hate to see is the fact that so many people are like, well, if you're a liberal and, and you're stupid and I don't have anything to do with you or, you know, it goes the other way as well. But, and mm -hmm. um, shaming people for having different points of view. That's not fun. I, I'm not, I may not understand it. Again, I may not understand the reasons that people ha see the world the way they do. They have their reasons, but like I have my reasons. But I don't think shaming or hating on people is the solution. Um, 
And so when we are, when they go to the ballot box, you, you do what you feel is right. And you don't, you can declare who you feel is right or not. And um, it's definitely, I think this, there's room for it to be a private matter and there's room for, for it to be a public matter. It, it can be both. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, if I say anymore, I'm gonna start rambling. I just watched my cat clean his foot and it was very mesmerizing. So my brain is, animals are very distracting. Let me just say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say, you know, that, that's one of the things that, um, you know, I'm, for me, I'm still trying to get um, why people would vote for him, you know? Um, I don't get it. And at, at the same time, and I also, um, when you said, there's something that I often say, and I often think, we're, we need everybody for this world, you know? Um, we're all, in this world, like together, you know, like we're, we cohabit this, this planet and the earth. And I often say that if I want to, if I'm coming from a place of throwing away the people who don't think like me, um, cause they're always going to be there. So if I'm, if I'm about, and as I said, this is something I'm still sitting with that I'm still, I haven't, you know, not to say that I've, I have everything else figured out or I have things, but it's just that, you know, I often say that, you know, throwing people away not only doesn't work, but also at the end of the day, like, for example, if Biden wins, we're going to be, you know, the Trump supporters, not, they're not going to die. I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm just giving, I mean, maybe I don't want to use that term, but Basically, it's like they're still going to be there and we're still going to need to like live, figure out how to coexist. Okay, that is the word, to coexist. And if Trump wins, the Biden supporters and whoever, you know, the, you know, the people who don't like him, who don't agree with, with Trump, like myself, are still going to be and you are going to be there. So that in order for us to coexist and what you were saying, I know some people may not agree with you when you were saying how, you know, you guys agreed to disagree, you had debates and you agreed to disagree and you let, you walked away and the house did not burn down. The, the house is still standing. <laughs> and th for me, when I think about it, that's really how things need to, like, that's how I would think that life, that things need to be because we're not going to see because, you know, I often say like, you know, yeah, we may not, I mean, I do think it's dangerous to have somebody like Trump. I, don't, I mean, I think Trump is racist. I think he's a white supremacist. I don't think he belongs in the White House. Um, although I think we're gonna have a whole other discussion one day about the whole thing about being racist. Cause it seems to me, one thing I learned in 2020 is that it seems to me that it's okay to be racist, but you can't be overtly racist. So I'll just oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. So Trump is overtly racist, uh, you know, so, but it seems to me that being racist, it's okay. So we could have that discussion another time. But basically, um, what I wanted, I don't know if I lost my train of thought, but basically what I was basically saying is, you know, 
people who are racist or overtly racist are still, we can't throw them, they, we, there's no way does it say that racism is a crime, unfortunately. Well, maybe I shouldn't, say, I don't know if I'm going to use that word, but basically, but so there's not something that says that, you know what, you're racist, you're going to be thrown away somewhere, whatever. People still, we're going to need to find a way to coexist with each other. And I guess that's where also the work of, you know, um, anti-racism work and all of that is so important, you know, but people need to, uh, you know, it, I don't think, it, I think I like what you were saying is that things are not as black and white and clear cut. Um, at least not everything. Some things are, can be, you know, Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, I know like cause some people might be like, well, no, if you, you know, what, oh, oh, Felicia, you know, says that, you know, she has friends and family members who are still going to vote for him. Oh my God, like, you know, because, you know, and, and one thing I do, you know, and that comes to, you know, I often say that that's one of the things, and I feel like in a way I saw that in my homeland, Haiti, and it's still happening where we got rid of the oppressor, but um, some of us, we became the oppressors. And I often say that we want to be mindful in that racial reckoning. Because I have to say, in a way, I mean, I know many of you may not agree with what I'm about to say, because today when we're recording, it's a Friday that. Um, we found out that, uh, well, at least some people found out in the middle of the night. I found out this morning when I woke up that uh, uh, Trump, Donald Trump is positive. And he, you know, some people are, are gloating, some people are, and for me, yes, Trump has mocked people and all of that. But I just think that if I have to use the same tool as you, then you know what? I am no better than you. Right. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of that right now. Yeah. It's 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 um kind of um people are pretty lit up right now. Let's say that. <laughs> I even had I just I had my window open. I had to since close it cuz some kids decided to go outside and yell and scream as kids do and I didn't know if that would be picked up. Um, I figured that would not make a good background sound for this podcast, but some people might disagree with me. But anyway, um, I chose a closed window, but earlier when it was open, in fact, way earlier, there was a dog walking by with a puppy and I so I admired the puppy and I also admired his shirt because it was tie dyed. And then a few seconds later, I hear him yelling at the, the neighbor about the news and how there is a God and how about, you know, Trump being tested positive for COVID and, and how he used the words karma. And he explained to the neighbor what Schadenfreude, Schadenfreude, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, what it means. And he was just, he was gloating. I'm just like, and you're standing in the road with a puppy. A car can come by at any moment. I, I'm like, fortunately, he's every. They're fine. Nothing happened. No tragedies on the puppies or the man's part. But I'm just like, I. No, I don't like the man Trump. But I, don't, and I don't know the man. It was, 
yelling in the street today. He's a neighbor but somewhere, but I don't know, a few houses down, I guess. But I've seen him a few times with the same dog and the same shirt. But I'm like, I just, I, I can't go there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, and I'm not on a moral high horse either, you know, about it. I, I let's be clear. <laughs> no, this is not about that. I just, I'm, I'm not there. It's more like it is what it is, but I'm not going to be like praying for him over the next however either. Um, it's, you know, there's 200,000 plus people dead from the COVID virus at this point. Um, yeah. And I, you know, if he's, if, if it's meant for him to be one of them or not, it's beyond my control and much like everything else. And it seems in my life is out of control um, beyond, you know, I don't know, being able to open a window or turn on a fan or whatever. Or, well, okay. <laughs> now I'm going into existential territory. That is not the point of this podcast. But I, but leave it to say, I'll just say, <laughs> I'll just reiterate one more time. I, I can't go there into the gloating. I've seen, I, I have seen it happening on Twitter and other places. I've checked out, but I, I just can't go there. Mm-hmm. No, it's yeah. So that is the thing. You know, I, you know. I don't think, I just think that we definitely, you know, going back, if we're going back to the actual, like one of the things, and I think it was very much around like the shaming part is that, um, you know, it's sort of like, you know how they say, if you don't have anything nice to say, better not to say it. Although, I mean, I am one to like, who's known to speak my truth. Actually, the other day, I was reading a document. I was in a meeting with, uh, well, over Zoom, of course, lately. And, you know, they were talking, and I said, you know what? Uh, maybe I'm not diplomatic. And somebody says, Najeda, we know you're not diplomatic. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and, she, and she was like, yep, Najeda ain't about that. She tells him all the time on Facebook. And I guess, you know, maybe some people might say that because I speak my truth. I do many times speak truth to power on, um, you know, and, but I just, I don't, I, I guess there's a difference with speaking up, uh, you know, about something and gloating, uh, shaming, um, you know, like gloating over somebody who, who is sick or something like that, or, or wishing bad on somebody, you know, and also the shaming. And again, not to say, you know, I'm not trying to like, I guess I use myself as an example, but I'm not trying to say that I'm better than others. I just want to make that clear. But I just, you know, I am, it, it does, like, I'm just like, really people, like, are we going to really, um, like, are we going to stoop? So I'm like, you know what? I think that would be, you know, go make some calls for Biden instead of like talking about, um, you know, gloating or making a joke or something or wishing him not wish, you know, wishing him bad or something. You know? and then that's an excellent point. Yeah. Use that energy for something else for, you know, supporting Biden and however you want to giving money, making calls, text banking, mm-hmm. if that's what you feel inclined to do and, or, 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 or some other thing too, or helping out um, where you can with COVID relief, um, since our Congress is not exactly on the, you know, <laughs> on the up and up about that, there's still these things called 
mutual support, um, community support, you know, helping out neighbors or people whose families have been affected by COVID. Um, or, you know, certainly, you know, put on your own oxygen mask yourself too. Um, I think we all have certainly plenty of excuse to do that for ourselves, considering the amount of anxiety this year, uh, worldwide anxiety. And something else besides, um, yeah, just constantly putting down this guy. I mean, yeah, he's done some pretty awful things um, as far as making fun of people wearing masks and and saying what he did at the debate about the white supremacist group and um, telling people to drink bleach or take a drug that's meant for people among, you know, people who have lupus and other um, health issues. And he's done some pretty not so nice and some would say terrible things and some and a bunch of other things. I mean, over the last four years is um, one could arguably say has been a nightmare in some ways, but um, but we don't need to be shitting on him. Use that energy for something else to do good to help people who have not been helped by this administration, who have been affected negatively by this administration. Definitely, definitely. And I just want to, you know, um, I guess, you know, my message, you know, my last thing that I would say is... I would invite um, our listeners, and that's something, like I said, I'm still learning. You know, like one of the things I've like been trying to do my best to do is to not use, and I'm not even just talking in terms of voting, is to like not say shame on you. I could say, oh, that was a shameful act, or this is, you know, this is shameful that this is happening. Like recently, I, I was like, you know, I was informed and I did see the pictures of like we have this Haitian American for Trumps and I'm just like really I mean he called our country shithole you know um like but Mm. basically I have to say I was like oh my god they should be ashamed but then I realized okay I'm like you know what and I was like I mean of course people were talking about it on on social media and you know you know people were getting in the comments and like insulting people who have been there and what I, you know, and again, I'm not, maybe, maybe we don't want to understand what, why people are voting for Trump. I don't, you know, whatever it is. What I will say is, oh, and I do want to say an incident that I experienced just recently. And it actually had nothing to do with the election, but it made me think, it really made me, like I stopped for a moment of like almost two, about two weeks ago. I was in a caravan for the census and I was driving. So in the caravan for in little Haiti, there was no politics involved. And we had somebody with the microphone saying, Oh, you know, you know, go get counted, whatever. And this Haitian guy was like, Oh, you know, he was in his car, but he was like angry. And this is another thing. Sometimes when people are angry, Sorry, we tend we want to like lash out at them or something instead of like taking a step back and saying, why is this person so angry? But, you know, the guy was angry and he was like, oh, you know, you didn't give me any money or something, or maybe you should give me some money. And he said, um, he said, um, like, viva Trump, something like that. But I mean, I'm using the, the Spanish word. Maybe he had said, vive Trump, vive, vive is in the French and Creole word for, 
I don't know. How do you, I'm not sure. It's sort of like, a, I guess it's sort of like a great Trump, something like that. And for a moment, you know, somebody could have said, oh, so he's a Trump supporter or anything like that. But it made me think about, could this be that this guy feels like in a way the other party, the Democrats, his conditions have not improved under the Democrats. And it's not necessarily that he's for Trump and even he's going to vote for Trump, but he's so upset and he's such in pain that he just says it. And because for him, probably he's thinking, oh, they're probably Biden supporters. Although, you know, there was nothing, you know, there's nothing political about the census. There was no Biden thing. But it's just, it made me, and it made me really pause for a moment. And to say that, there are people out there who are very frustrated, who are hurt and angry. And maybe the approach needs to be for all of us, not just in politics, is to sort of like listen, talk to people, and seek to understand instead of coming from a place of, of shame and judgment. Yep. That's, that's sort of like what I wanted to, because when he said it, you know, and I was telling my sister and I said this, you know, I said, you know what? I don't even think he may not even be voting for Trump. I think he was just so angry. And who knows if I'm out canvassing, if I go, cause I'm involved in some voter engagement, it, maybe I might experience some of that. And it's, it, it's, it's, you know, maybe, and even if he does, but I'm just saying that there's something underneath and yes, it takes time. It takes work. Um, and it's not going to happen overnight, but I really think that, you know, since we're talking about politics, I think just like, uh, humanity, just like in our personal lives, I think we're being called to do politics differently as well in order for things to really change. So that's, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. And then on that note too, and I don't have any specific resources that come to mind because I'm trying to organize them myself, but I think it's also important for all of us to understand how we got here because really the way I see it, in some ways, a lot of the problems that we are experiencing today with the climate, with COVID, with the economy, um, with healthcare, housing, food, all of those things um, didn't just happen since 2016. This was also hmm. Obama's policies. Um, and yeah, he was nicknamed the... Um, supporter in chief. Uh, so the things happening at the border, that didn't start with Trump. Now, granted, some of his policies exacerbated that issue. And, and you know, we're also going, we're going back to, I'm going back to Reagan, I'm going back to Nixon, I'm going back to, I don't know, since the U.S. became the U.S., um, <laughs> since it was first discovered. How did we get here? And a lot of times, I do this also with the personal development space because there's a lot of, of anyone who spends time there and you, see, you get on Instagram and people are 
putting out motivational quotes and inspirational quotes and, you know, leap in the net will appear. Well, where the hell did that come from? And why are you saying that? And why are so many people saying that? And no, that's not entirely true unless you've got, you know, a trust fund or something. So, so it's, 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 I'm looking at, and not just from that particular phrase, but I'm looking at, I've been looking at how we got here with the personal development space. How did even that come to be? Where, where did self-help come from? Mm-hmm. Why is it not collective help? And then also, too, <laughs> from a broader sense, how did we get here politically, economically, healthcare-wise? How is it that a, a nation with this much wealth, how do we have this much in, inequality? How is it that we're not like the Scandinavian countries where they provide you know, some sort of universal income, where they provide healthcare, where they provide childcare, where the happiness index is higher than it is here. It's, how is it, you know, how, how, how are we, why are we the way we are? It not, cannot entirely be blamed, blamed on Trump. And I guess some of my lack of faith with Biden and, you know, arguably Sanders could probably only do so much is that it's not just about them. It's also about the institutional policies that we have. And so how did we get here? And again, this is like you said with, um, you, know, you said earlier, this is not something that, I mean, this takes time to understand. This is not going to happen overnight, but I think that is also key to understanding why people are apathetic about voting. They may not be able to articulate it this way. Mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, that's these, this is, there's so much behind all of what I'm saying that even I understand um, because I mean, and and even I say, even I, because I'm saying all this stuff and I'm still trying to navigate and wade through it. I'm saying it from that perspective. um, That makes any sense. Um, It does. But I think that's key to understanding why people vote the way they do or choose not to vote at all as well from at least the ideological piece again there's the practical piece but um but i think okay so i know we're over an hour but i i want to leave it at that i think it's important to understand history and not just the history that we learned in school but to seek out sources that can help us understand how we got where we are definitely definitely Oh, wow. We're going to need to like talk more around what some of the stuff we're living with because <laughs> I feel like there's more I want to say, but I, I do want to say this about what Felicia said. Um, I mean, I know I'm a, I was a big, well, I mean, I, I think Obama is a decent human being. I, I like Obama. I disagree with him on many things, even, you know, I don't see him exactly the way I used to see him as before. What I will say is that because you know, there was so much being the, the, you know, the Trump administration, we need to vote them out. We need to vote Trump out. And we also need to see that actually, for me, in a way, I was, I'm thankful that Trump became president at this time in 2016, because what, one of the things I'm thankful for is that, and I hope we don't unsee, is that he was able to make us see a lot of things that were already there. So I hope, you know, people are not under this impression that all of this happened in the three something years that he's been around because no, it's like Felicia said, and Obama did not separate kids from their parents. 
but those cages that we saw were under Obama. Mm -hmm. We need to be honest with that. So I just want to leave that, leave it with that where uh, we, that's why many of us know and say that we cannot go to free Obama. I mean, to free Trump only. And also we know that we need to push and some things won't happen under Biden, but we need to, we can't just uh, vote and then be gone. So just want to leave it at that. Okay. Yeah, like, well, <laughs> it's, 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 um, um, you know, it's a deeper topic than um, we can really do justice to, but yeah, we know yeah. that everyone has lives and <laughs> jobs and they gotta go shopping for groceries and they want to make banana bread. And so, yes. although if you made banana bread while listening to this, we appreciate this and please send us some. Thank you. Okay, cool. Okay, Felicia, we'll talk next time and we hope you all will join us next time too. Yes, we hope so. We'll see you again soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode, found something to reflect on and have conversations with the people in your life. We release an episode every two weeks on Thursday. We would appreciate it if you'd subscribe to our podcast as this will also let you know when new episodes are available to listen to. Leave us a review and keep coming back for more. We'd love to hear from you through your feedback and appreciate your reviews as they help others find our podcast as well. Until next time, be well. Be well.